0: Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. Would you like to know more about company pages on LinkedIn? Tips, tricks and tools? Well today we have a special guest who will talk exactly about this topic and about many more things LinkedIn related. Let's welcome Michelle Raymond. So Michelle, thank you very much for taking your time and being on the show. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here.:
1: It's my pleasure to be invited all the way across the other side of the world, so thank you so much.
0: Michelle, uh, first question, uh, all same for every, every all my guests. Uh, how have you started with LinkedIn?
1: Well, I started by accident. So my my background is actually in selling. So I turned up at a new job and they said, here's your laptop, here's your phone, here's your customer list, go and sell. And I said, that's really great, but what do we sell? And they said, Michelle, there's like 10,000 products, you know, just go and do it. And I said, but how do our customers know? And they said, I said, are they on the website? We don't have one. Okay, there must be a brochure or a catalog. Nope, we don't have that either. And I said, but how can I communicate 10,000 products to a hundred different customers. Like the the maths is just impossible. And at the time LinkedIn, I was using it to actually find that new job. And then I realized when I asked my boss, I was like, do you have any money for marketing? And of course there was no money in the marketing budget. I was like, how am I gonna do this? And um, so began my social selling, even though I didn't know that that's what it was called back then. Um, And I started to share about these products on LinkedIn. And then what happened was I actually went, if I just keep sharing about these ingredients every single day, it's gonna be pretty boring. It'll be repetitive. So I actually changed and started to say, actually I could add a bit more value by adding in say some trends or some controversial topics, I realized got pretty high engagement. And that began six or seven years ago now. Um, You know, I've generated over $3 million worth of sales. So I fell in love with it. A true salesperson, if it works, nobody else had been doing it. So it wasn't crowded. And my favorite part was when I was going to industry events, I would turn up and you'd be at the traditional stand and people would come to me instead of me feeling like a shark chasing the the fish that were like swimming around, like looking at our stand, scared to come over. Um, And I would have a lineup, you know, of people that had seen my content. So huge fan of using it for selling. Um, I, I don't, you know, come from the HR side of things. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to grow business. Um, and LinkedIn for me has just been amazing for that.
0: Okay. Um, that sounds very interesting. Um, almost a fairy tale, to be honest. And um, one one thing would strike me there, what you mentioned, uh, you were trying to sell product, uh, which it's not really usual on LinkedIn, I, I think, because um, most of us we, we see LinkedIn as a B2B platform rather than B2C platform. Um, what was your take? Uh, I mean, what is your take on this one?
1: Yeah, so I actually worked in the beauty industry. So I was selling raw materials and ingredients into contract manufacturers and formulation developers for like skincare and hair care and products like that. Um, And it's a very old school uh, model that these distribution companies would use for ingredients, uh, set pre-internet days. The same selling methods of pre-internet are still being used today. And I found it really actually frustrating that we couldn't get them up into, you know, more modern selling techniques of just being, you know, visible, not anything fancy, just letting people know what we did. It sounds crazy, right? But uh, what I found is, you know, it was about going where the, final user was actually on LinkedIn, you know, so I have a big uh, fan of saying, go fishing where the fish are, you know, and so that's where they were, they were consuming content there. So I just kept giving it to them. And, you know, it's the best piece of advice that I would give to anyone, um, especially when it comes to selecting platforms. I choose LinkedIn, because that's where my clients are, you know, and you should really look and see, are they still on Facebook and Instagram? Probably not, you know, like regardless of the product that you sell, there's a high chance that you're is actually on linkedin so yeah go fishing where the fish are uh,
0: reaching out to clients on linkedin uh, sounds very easy but i know there's a lot of hard work behind that and um, uh, i would like to ask you what are what are your strategies what are your tips where to start you know um, imagine i'm a business owner i hear this podcast i hear you saying well linkedin is fantastic platform to go and um, Um, fish because fish uh, the fishes are there so uh, how to start where to start from
1: look I think the first point is actually just being visible and being visible comes from either creating content but I think the best place to start is actually liking and commenting on other people's posts. Now I know that this isn't new. I'm not the first person in the world to say this, but one of the things that often deters people from jumping onto LinkedIn is they don't want to be the creators, you know, and I don't know about you, but I've never worked out why 99% of people are just sitting back and observing most of the time. Um, I'm glad because it makes my life easier because I can be in the 1% of people that post content. So if you're nervous or have an anxiety around Actually doing, then support those one percent of people that are actually putting content out there. Uh, They will notice they are sitting there waiting to see who's engaging, whether it's a like or a comment. I can assure people we all hang on to see those numbers, even if we know vanity vanity metrics aren't you know what we should focus on. Like we do, Um, (laughs) you know, there's a small part of us that's always watching the numbers. Um, And so be generous, you know, and I think that's the number one rule of LinkedIn is be generous with the solutions that you offer with the support of other people. And, you know, generosity is, you know, I think, you know, a really great place to start if you're just setting out in LinkedIn.
0: Uh, I've heard the other day somebody was mentioning, you know, start commenting on a post because if you see that people are reacting to your comments on the particular post, perhaps that's a good uh, um, topic to To be posting about afterwards on on your own feed, and I think it was it was quite kind of interesting interesting thing because we we like to react to certain posts and we like to comment on the post, and I think that's much easier than to as as you mentioned, you know, start thinking about our own content and how to create our own content, where to start from, and all this because that's usually um, a bit of a work which uh, and a bit of an expertise which you need to have, right? So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's really that's really interesting. Um, Uh, supporting people and I think I think um, both of us we know that you know people as you mentioned people are not really should not be looking at the vanity metrics but we like to um, get the feedback from people so we like to see the comments which people are making right
1: yeah look at the engagement and the conversation is what actually I think we all enjoy the most is the actual conversations Um, so whilst we don't you know focus on those vanity metrics they are a sign that people are enjoying the content and you have to pay attention to that because at the end of the day, you really want to put content out there that your audience will enjoy. And, you know, you can't ignore those kind of things. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. If you don't get anything, you know, it's to me, I always look at it. It's like a newspaper. You know, LinkedIn is a daily newspaper that everyone reads for one day and your content gets thrown out the next day. And so you just need to keep keep showing up, you know, and really being visible. And liking and commenting is a great way to do that. Mm. Um, And it also allows you to establish who you are in the industry, how you want to be seen, and you can actually impart some of your knowledge. Um, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things about LinkedIn is learning so much from so many people, people that I may not have the opportunity to meet just like we're doing right here, right now. Um, you know, I'm not going to bump into you in Dubai anytime soon. I'm stuck on this big Island, you know, cause of that big C word that we won't talk about. Um, but you know, the opportunities to connect with people all over the world in your industry or things that may not be industry related, but are passion related. Um, there's always people that are willing to help and share what they know um, for free. You know, how cool is that?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle, I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you come up with your content ideas? Where, where where did they come from?
1: Look, a rolling thing. And one of the best things that I do is I listen to people's concerns when they first exploring, um, you know, the joys of LinkedIn pages, or even just content in general, I will hear something that's their objection, you know, and I will write a post to speak to that person. So by listening to what their concerns are or what they don't understand, or maybe how the process works, then I actually use that as a big part of what I do because, you know, I'm going to address the issue that they're having. I'm a solution to a problem that they're having. So if I hear that a small business owner, for instance, doesn't have the time to do social media, then I'll do a post around, hey, I've got this outsourcing service, how awesome, you can have your time back and still have social media. And so I think it's, you know, and the same goes in the newsfeed. The newsfeed, you know, and curating that uh, is one of the most important things that I think you can do on LinkedIn because you can stay up to date with the topics of interest and see what people are talking about in your space and, you know, write content to that, you know, those discussions.
0: Hmm. I do see a lot of content being created um, but also I see a lot of content is not really very engaging. It's not really very interesting. Uh, and people often uh, come to come to me and asking me, okay, so I create this you know I, I post, I post twice three times a, uh, a week, but I don't get any engagement on the post. And when I look at the post, they are not engaging. So what would you what would, what would be your tip how to write engaging posts? Because it's not just about content, it's about no. content which, People actually consume and engage with, right?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the very simple solutions to that, and you know, I I call 2021 is the gold rush year of LinkedIn at the moment. We've had so many new years turn up every day to start using the platform. So we've got, you know, a lot of learners, you know, that are really, you know, back at the beginning of their journey. Uh, and I think the advice that I would give to those guys is the biggest mistake that I see is that they don't ask the audience a question or invite them to engage. So a simple just ending your post with a question invites your readers to actually make a comment, and too often I think they're written at someone rather than with the intention to get that conversation going. So if you don't end with a question, it's just a statement, it's like a full stop. That's the end of the conversation. You don't wanna know what I have to say um, and it kills it. You know? And so by just ending the post with a question, I think that's a really simple way uh, without going in too much about you know, the whole format of the content that will actually give people a better chance to get that engagement going. And also when you get a comment, Go back and respond to that and ask another question. You know, it's open ended questions that will spark a conversation. You know, ask them why they were interested or what their thoughts are. Um, You know, don't just go, thanks, (laughs) silence. (laughs) You know, and it's so simple, right? It's, you know, what I'm saying is not complicated. uh, But when you first set out, you just think, I'm there to post. And people will engage magically, you know, and it's hard work. <laughs> I'll give people the handy tip. You and I will both agree it takes time, you know, to craft and learn. And, you know, it takes a bit of patience along the way, for sure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The art of storytelling is, um, uh, I think, is never-ending craft, which we need to learn, I guess. But... Um, uh, I know that you're helping a lot of of your um, um, community or the people in the community uh, with LinkedIn. And we were chatting about this, that still a lot of people are on LinkedIn and still they kind of like don't really know what to do. Um, So where do you normally start with your clients whenever you engage with them?
1: Yeah, look, one of the first things that I say to people when you're first starting out is set yourself some realistic targets you know go for two quality posts for instance or three quality posts per week rather than putting yourself under the pump to try and do it seven days you know it's like going to the gym start out easy and build up those muscles uh you know too often when you dive in the deep end and try and do it seven days you'll realize it's actually a lot harder than it looks you know coming up with ideas and formatting and finding images it takes quite a lot of time Um, And I think when people try too much too soon, it becomes overwhelming. Then the quality drops off because they think that they have to do it just because, and then you see silly polls or, you know, just nonsense posts that don't add value. And you've got to remember that the algorithms watching whether people engage with your posts or not, you know, it keeps, keeps track of that kind of stuff. So it's better in my opinion uh, to not actually post as frequently and just do some more quality posts. So the conversations that I have especially with the small business owners that I mostly work with and you know solopreneurs or founders is that we don't try and do every day. You know, that's not the aim of this game. You know, three times per week is what I work with my clients because I find that's enough and not too cumbersome, you know. And so it kind of spreads for the full week without eating into their daily tasks. You know, these guys are running full businesses. You know, as a small business owner, you don't have time. You're already juggling 42 hats every single day. You're the finance person. You're the customer service person. You're the business development person. You're the CEO. You're HR, you know, and so to add social media into that and try and do it every day, it's just never going to happen. And so just take your time at the beginning, learn how to craft and then work your way up, um, and so that's always the first piece of advice that I start. S- gently, gently.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds smart. Uh, I I always kind of. Um... I'm always puzzled by these, uh, you know, some of some of the some of the people out there who are saying, you know, you need just 10 minutes a day on LinkedIn and uh, everything will be taken care of. It's, um, you know, you 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 don't need more than 10 minutes a day. And I kind of like you wonder, you know, what what kind of watch they have or, or you know um, what the time zone they live in because I I I can't see them work it out in 10 minutes. I mean, what what's your take on this?
1: look i might outsource to them and get you know at least 50 minutes per client back again um you know i i've done a post recently that i said it's about one hour for the bare basics you know i i'm talking someone that's doing that as part of their normal job not for a job um uh, you know for people like you and i it's a lot more than that we live there every day looking for ideas helping people you know we probably spend you know at least an hour and a half to two hours a day looking for posts that we can add value to people you know it's it's a big part of what we do Um, I think it's about an hour, you know, and I have a process of uh, which I've recently posted, which would say, you know, reach out and connect with 20 people I don't, I'm not going for huge numbers I want them to be in the target audience. So I'm all about, um, you know, being completely targeted after my niche at the very first instance. you know There's a long way to go before we've exhausted all of those options. And we have to just go for numbers for numbers sake. Um, because when you go just for numbers, you realize that those people aren't ever going to be interested in your content no matter how well you write it. They're never going to press like or engage. And you're going to sit there and say, oh, what's going on? well, you've got the wrong audience, you know, I don't go to the ballet and expect a rock band, you know, so really make sure that you're inviting those people, like you have control over that. Um, and so, you know, and then being responsive once they do accept your invites, you know, make sure they're personalized, like really personalized, you know, pick something out that make that gave you, you know, attention to them. Um, and I spend some more time doing that, you know, responding and actually saying thank you. And one of the things that I find is, People go to the effort of personalizing invites and then people accept, and then that's it. You know, and it's such a missed opportunity because this person has actually been interested in what you had to say, and then you kill the conversation. Um, and again, it comes back to ask a question, no different to the content. I think once someone accepts your personalized invite, go back and ask them a question, you know, dig a little bit more into what they do. You know, number one rule, ask about them, not about tell them about you. <laughs> Um, and you know you and I spoke just before we were talking about you know the importance of the news feed um, and making sure that that's curated so spending time every day unfollowing people in your feed that aren't adding value Um, and it sounds a bit cruel but it's such limited space Mm. that to make sure you get the most out of the time that you can spare for LinkedIn you know it's really important. Liking and commenting, supporting other people. You know, I would spend most of my time doing that before I worried about other things. like you know, it's still my number one thing that I think is so important for everyone to do. Um, but yeah, I would say it, it's more likely at least an hour, and probably still being you know um, fairly conservative on those numbers. Um, I actually think it's probably a bit longer than that, but you know, even if you do it an hour every second day, you're still going to be in front of people that are doing zero, you know, so every little bit will help, but, you know, make it targeted, you know, mm. not just for the
0: sake of it. Michelle, one one thing which you mentioned, and I would like to um, focus on it a little bit, a little bit more, is uh, clearing your newsfeed, um, uh, your news page. I think, I think you um, likened the LinkedIn to a newspaper or, or, or magazine, where we have the choice to actually choose the different different categories what we want to see in that newspaper, right? And um, I think that's uh, is that is that the main factor why you actually doing doing the the cleaning or, or the decluttering.
1: Yeah, look, and there are people that I want to stay up to date with, you know, and there are companies that I'd like to follow because I enjoy what they do. Uh, One of the things that you find when you've got, you know, like I've got around 6,000 followers, uh, you know, the chances of me seeing those people without being deliberate around who's in my newsfeed are fairly minimal. Uh, I know there's some other people on, you know, LinkedIn that pretty much unfollow everyone except, you know... Thirty or fifty people. Um, I'm not sure that I could go to that extreme because I still like the element of surprise. But it's imagine when you get the newspaper, you've got the sports section, the travel section, the beauty section. Um, you, you know, I'm not interested, for instance, in the sports section. So I'm just gonna. I don't want to miss out on it entirely. If I, you know, get bored and want to go and have a look, but mostly I'm interested, you know, potentially in other sections. So you know, it's just about we're all busy. We've all got limited time. And it's how do you maximize the return on that time? Um, If I had, if I was on holidays, I had all day to read the paper, maybe I'd read it from front to back. Um, But, you know, not too many people have that privilege at this point in time. So Mm
0: -hmm. one of the things which, um, uh, which you spoke about earlier was Finding the right people and finding the right target audience. I think that this is extremely important. And LinkedIn is actually a fantastic platform where we can find our target audience. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that? How do you uh, do you do any exercise with your clients in order for them? Because I found many times that people they're not very clear. You know, like who is your target audience? You know, 15 uh, till 60, men, woman. You know, and then well, that's not really target audience. It's everybody. You know, living living yeah. on the planet. So. Uh, do you do any any specific specific um, you know focusing examples on on this target audience?
1: Look, as you know, I work mostly with company pages these days, and one of the great things that LinkedIn introduced just in end of December, early January, was that you could actually filter your invite credits each month and select by. Location by industry, by education, uh, all of these kind of factors. Now it's not ideal, it's not perfect, but it certainly beats what it was before. So for instance, if I have 6,000 followers and I only want ones from Australia, I couldn't do that before. But now that LinkedIn's introduced the filter, I can be more selective around the people that I invite to company pages because uh, it's much more important there because as you invite someone, if they accept, you get that credit back to reinvite someone. And it's one of the fastest ways that you can grow a company page. Uh, so, being able to filter that, I mean, one of the ways that I would say for personal pages is, you know, have a look at other people that are posting that you enjoy their content and who's engaging and commenting on their posts. They're probably the people that are your tribe. You know, you share the same uh, common values or topics of interest. And I think that's a really easy way to spot who's gonna like the content that's gonna be similar, you know, and so rather than use the filters, I mean, they're there, they're better than nothing, right? But I think when you observe the, you know, the community, that's the biggest, you know, drawcard that you can have.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Very interesting topic is uh, LinkedIn business pages. And I know that you, uh, you know, you focused on it. I thought it, they were dead. Um, But, but, um, but yeah, probably you, you're, you're going to prove me wrong. Right. (laughs)
1: I hope so. I'm going to do my best. Um, You know, then it came in around 2018. Someone uh, brought to my attention the other day. So uh, it was almost a case of over before it began. And I think if COVID hadn't happened, we might be having a different conversation. You know, and I think COVID has really challenged businesses around the world. You know, the traditional selling methods have gone out the window. So when you're in lockdown and you can't do a customer visit, you can't travel overseas, you can't go to industry events, you can't go to trade shows, and they were all your methods for attracting new business, then what next? You know, and the obvious answer at the moment is obviously LinkedIn. And we can see that by the numbers, the increase in the daily, you know, people on LinkedIn, I think it's up to 740 million visitors every day. Uh, We've got about 55 million company pages. So it's you know, not a big portion um, in relevant to that. Uh, But what we're seeing now is everyone saying, I can't do what I used to do, you know? And so what can I do now? And I think what happens is, Uh, when you're in the 1% of people that post content on LinkedIn, you forget that there's 99% of people that don't. So in a small business, it's a really great way for you to actually get your brand awareness without spending two and a half thousand dollars a month on, you know, SEO and other methods that are out there. It's really expensive to do SEO. So, um, or even, you know, if you're really starting out and strapped for cash and just got a great idea, you know, three to five thousand, you know, dollars on a website is a lot of money to invest. You know, and so LinkedIn is really great because it's free. Um, I only use the free tools. I think ads are useless. Um, I don't know why people spend money on ads on LinkedIn. I think there's a bigger opportunity to, you know, build relationships. Um, again, I'm just looking for the shortest way to, you know, uh, increase business. But um, so company pages. Also, the good thing for small businesses, which is why I love it, is that for free, you get the same amount of space as a giant corporation of the world. You know, the same size banner, the same number of characters, the same logo size. It does not matter whether I'm a one-man band or if I've got 20,000 employees worldwide, on LinkedIn, it's a level playing field, you know, and that's a really amazing opportunity, you know, for small businesses especially. Um, you know big businesses it might be one portion of what they do but for small businesses you know you can have such a captive audience that is your niche you know and I think it has to be chasing your niche Um, and you know just look for I say 500 is a really good number to aim for so I'm not talking 50,000 to see benefits you want 500 is a really good target and it only takes probably four to five months to get there. So it's not a long time, um, just with some consistency. uh, So you can have some advantages. And, you know, I've got clients that are turning over half a million, you know, in opportunities um, just by being visible, Hmm. you know, and again, falling in that 1%. Uh, The problem, and I think uh, company pages have a pretty bad reputation around the LinkedIn world, especially versus personal branding um, and I think it's because it was a content problem. People thought it was an opportunity to advertise and talk about their company, you know, mm. and no one wants to listen. No one cares. Um, if you change the content to a similar style that you use on a personal profile and make it behind the scenes, let us know who the warehouse person is. Let us see who. Who packs my order? Show me how you pack my order. Let me see where you buy your things from. You know, the ideas that you have, the meetings you have, birthdays you celebrate. These are all great ideas for content on company pages. Goes against the grain. The more polished, the less effective. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And I think if we can adjust the content on company pages, you really get to see some really great advantages, which is great.
0: Yeah, um... It's interesting. Um, I would, I would say like, uh, for me, uh, I see LinkedIn as a, as a platform, um, like a peer to peer business to uh, business to business and businessman to businessman. Uh, so not necessarily in, you know, engaging with, with the company companies or, or some, you know, firms and all that. So I think that, I mean, that, that would be for me, or that's usually for me, the, the barrier, which, uh, uh, why I'm not, not um, engaging with, uh, with the companies on, on LinkedIn. I would rather have the personal relationship with, with the people, with the um, head of HR or head of marketing, whatever it is, because I feel like it's a personal relationship um, rather than this. But it's interesting what you're saying, that uh, you know, when you change the, the, the narrative, when you change the story, when you change the, the, the content of the post, when you're just not promoting, but uh, you're really taking people behind the scenes, yeah, that might be really interesting. Are there some other strategies and other tactics and tips which you would uh, give in order to, um, to boost your visibility um, with the company pages?
1: Look, one of the ways that you can do is that there are now plugins that you can use so that you can comment elsewhere on the platform as your company. Uh, And so it's not done natively within LinkedIn, but it doesn't break any of their terms and conditions. But it's just another way that as a company, there are ways that when you see your ideal client having an issue that you solve you can jump in there and it's a a way to start the conversation with the company. And, of course, it doesn't replace a human relationship. You know, uh, having that work with your salesperson or business development person that they can follow up with the personal responses uh, is definitely the way to go. So, you know, the reason that I say company pages is a really great, um, you know, I guess way to work with your personal, you know, building those personal reputations is that if you think about it, if 1% 1 of people are actually posting and you don't have anyone in your company that falls within that 1% as a, as a small business, what do you do? Do you stay invisible? Um, And so that's where it's actually really interesting in what I found is that as you start working from the company space, and you keep the employees in the loop of what's going on and ask them at the bare minimum to almost become like a little mini engagement pod and help like and support the post, they start to come out of the woodworks a little bit more. They will start to be a little bit braver. They'll have a little bit more confidence because they also know you've now got a supportive CEO and that is more important than anything else because I think if you don't have a culture that supports be it a company page or a personal page, and supports people to build your brand awareness. You know, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's mm-hmm. it's really a missed opportunity here. So when you have a company page, it means that someone at the top uh, is supportive of it, and I think that's a really cool place to start.
0: Michelle, you mentioned some some tools and some third-party uh, plugins uh, for the company pages. Can you tell us exactly what, what they are? Um, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of them is just, like I said, a Google plugin, which the name escapes me right now, but I'll make sure that we've got that for when you put the podcast out and we can share that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's like literally as simple as one click and away it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the biggest, you know, problems that I had before is how can you build a company reputation as helpful or in the same way that you do for personal branding? It's no different. You want to build, you want people to know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. And you want them to do that with your business as well because the other thing that happens is when people are doing their research behind their scenes before they even buy from you, They're doing their research, not just on people, they want to know who you stand for as a company. And I think, you know, Gen Z are especially interested in social media. They believe that um, the information you put out on social media more than advertisements, you know, it's their go-to source Mm -hmm. of knowledge. Um, And I think that it's really important to make sure that there's something there for them when they're doing their research, that they can actually find that information on who you are as a business and what you stand for. Do you have a purpose? Um, they're the kinds of, you know, things that are becoming more and more um, part of decision-making processes. You know, do you focus on sustainability? You know, those, those kind of topics, you know, are f- part of the wider sale, you know, these days. Um, mm-hmm. So you can really create a strong brand on LinkedIn by sharing content to, to, you know, answer those kind
0: of points as well. You're talking about content and content for uh, for company pages, and I'm really interested and intrigued because you have a lot of experiences with that. I would like to ask mm-hmm. you, what do you see as a, um, the best content, best forms uh, of content, which uh, which you see that uh, you know gets a lot of lot of visibility and a lot of engagement?
1: I would say photos of employees is the number one thing that people engage with. Uh, So if you have a photo of an employee with a story, whether it's um, a new startup, a birthday, the Christmas function, uh, they did a presentation somewhere, uh, you made a donation, any of those kind of employee centric posts, Far outperform any other uh, post that you can create. Uh, People want to know people. I agree with everyone that says um, that. that's the normal thing that I hear back is that people are craving human-to-human interaction right now. And it's no different on the company page. And I think the more that you listen to that and make your company page about the humans in your business – uh, the greater success that you have, um, yeah. So that's my number one piece of content that I would say to create: human uh, photos behind the scenes, not the standard polished, you know, employee photo. Uh, the human ones.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps some some type of stories. Um, would Would videos work well as well? Uh, do Do you see some good traction with videos?
1: Uh, I have limited success with videos um, on those pages, Uh, although, again, if it falls within the, um, on one hand, if it's quite simple and to the point and solves a problem that people have, so if it's used to address a unique pain point that your ideal client has and how you've solved that, um, I think that has success. Uh, I also still think that if it's about people, you know, if it's your Christmas party or you're out and about doing a delivery, you know, people want to see the how you do stuff. They want to see what happens behind the scenes. When I place my order with you or I choose to buy from you, what happens, you know, who's looking after it. And, you know, it, it takes it away from, you know, just living in a world of email to email, you know, Mm. it's, Um, you know, something that we've become so reliant on, you know, over a long period of time, we forget, you know, we don't pick up the phone anymore. So it's really nice to actually go, oh, is that what that person looked like? You know, it's a a real advantage um, and, you know, a great way to introduce new employees. So uh, I would still say video can work, uh, you know, definitely, but just make it more behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. No, actually, this is very interesting what you're saying because um, we've seen a a lot of, um, a lot of interaction and good engagement with exactly the BTS as we call it you know we shorted behind the scenes and I think mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense because suddenly you're taking your uh, your viewers somewhere you know, like like a, that, that that's the backstage pass you know they they wearing on their mm. neck right like a, yeah, uh, they absolutely. Suddenly feel like the VIPs you know somewhere where normally nobody no no other people will go or just very few um the chosen ones can can enter so i think i think that's uh, that type of um, content could probably work pretty well right
1: yeah if you have a look on like TikTok or youtube or other platforms along those lines you can see the whole unboxing you know there's millions of videos watching people unbox what they've received from companies so you can actually do the reverse and go and show how you box those things um you know it plays to the same audience that want to know that you put effort into it that that's what makes you stand out from everyone else that you take the time to put every little bit where it should be, you know? And so, uh, but you're right. A backstage pass is a, a great analogy. I think I might steal that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. No problem. With that. Um, one of the things which you mentioned as well uh, in relation to company pages is um, uh, employee engagement. Um, mm. How much emphasis you put on that when you're talking to, uh, to your, to your clients?
1: Look, it's, as I say to them, I put it this way, if I just row the boat, we'll go a certain distance in a certain amount of time. If you guys help me by liking and commenting at the beginning, you know we'll go faster and further quicker. Uh, and so asking people to make that part of employees' KPIs, you can't force anyone, right? We're not not—we're not sitting there with a gun to someone's head making sure that they do it. Um, and, you know, is there a level that maybe it feels like it's not authentic um, at the very beginning? Well, yes, I would have to concede that, you know, for some people it would feel that way. But they have, as a company, employees have a role to play in this company's success. So no one's forcing them to do it under their own profiles. And I think sometimes that can be quite awkward in companies. Uh, They try and control what employees can post. Um, And so this takes that conversation away. And I think that's a a pretty big conversation that businesses should have and really take a look at why am I controlling this if I've got an employee that's an advocate that wants to share. So we take that conversation out, we make it simple. Um, And so what you find is once we start um, building up their profiles as well, because who doesn't want an employer that recognizes an employee's value and puts it out there to tell the whole world Um, you know it's such a great opportunity for an acknowledgement of the work that employees do and you know that's a great place to start it takes some time uh like i said and it becomes a habit and Mm. the one button that i think makes it really easy on linkedin is when you press the notify employees so after you create the content you press that it notifies them and if you can have some processes in place that you say even if it's during the day, it's okay if these people and we strongly encourage them to go and press like during the day during work hours. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's some of the concerns that employees have. Uh, if you take that away, you'll seriously get more engagement from
0: them. So, do you do you see it in the numbers that when when I mean obviously it should be right that uh, the numbers go up when when the employees engage? But would you would you um, would you encourage them just to like or comment and like or share comment and like
1: uh so i would encourage them at any point to do what they're comfortable with um i would love them to all comments you know ideally that's my number one goal Mm -hmm. Uh, i take likes if that's you know as best as we can get uh and i would strongly encourage no shares although again if someone wants to go to that effort i'm certainly going to not get in the way you know i think there's a bigger picture than just worrying about algorithms here. You know, you could say, Oh, that's not the best use for the algorithm. And I think there's more to LinkedIn than algorithms. You know, it's about supporting that person that's actually gone out and said, Hey, I like this post enough to actually share it with my network officially, you know, and that says something, you know, that takes an action, you know, that's putting it out there to your personal network. And Um, you know, I'm I'm always going to be supportive of that. So you do ask um, at the beginning, you probably find that people, it's a lack uh, that as far as you'll get. And so I just take it and work with it. And like I said, it it takes time to build the confidence, you know, and remove those anxieties. And once people start to see, hey, this is bringing in new business, uh, it changes the conversation a bit.
0: Uh, Michelle, when you're looking at uh, the company pages on LinkedIn um, what do you see as a as a biggest mistake people making with them? Uh, I know that we already mentioned something like they, like self promoting and things like that. A part of that is there anything else? Would you see it um, it's detrimental to their growth?
1: I think the ones that are just like a corporate brochure, you know, that are just literally just showing you here's what we do, here's our, uh, you know, corporate spiel with the corporate language with, you know, those um, posts that have the standard group of people around a board table that have, uh, it's about diversity and inclusion. So you have one of every person and backgrounds around a board table and they use those images. It's like, stop, you're killing me. <laughs> like, uh, stop using those images, you know, like give us your personality and your business. And I think, you know, if it doesn't matter what industry you come from, there is something unique about what you do. So if we're talking about videographers or companies that set up video, there is something unique about what you do, you know, compared to your competitor. What makes your business that little bit different and stand out? And if you play to those strengths and share about that, um, then that's, you know, realistically where you come from. But yes, making it just like your corporate brochure um, and catalog and polished so that it's not human you know <laughs> it's polished so much that you just go it's just looks like an ad you know like and so people i've just done a, a poll just last week to see who actually um, stops and looks at ads and it was 75% of people don't even you know they just go scrolling straight past um, so you know you don't want that on your company page mm. you, you want people to stop just like you do on your personal page so yeah, don't make it all about you and your products and services. Hmm. Share it in a way that you solve the problem. You still get to share what you do, um, but just do it in a way that you solve it, you come at it from the other person's point of view.
0: Yeah. Uh, looking at, uh, at the pages, uh, what do you see is, what, what, do you, what do you like? And what do you think um, it can be done better <laughs> on on the company pages in terms of of the of the infrastructure of of the environment of on on the linkedin
1: Uh, Look, I think LinkedIn has a long way to go to bring these pages up to, you know, being super efficient and useful. Uh, One of the hardest things that I find is something so simple that you don't get notifications um, when someone actually, you know, likes or comments. So there's a never-ending, you know, kind of process of actually going in and checking all the time. And as you know, the quicker that you respond to people, you know, the better it is for all kinds of reasons, algorithm and personal relationships. Uh, So not having, something as simple as those notifications. Um, They've changed it so you get it once a day now in your inbox. Um, I don't know why it doesn't work like personal um, notifications. Uh, I've tried to find an answer to that one. Uh, I've been in Clubhouse a little bit listening to the LinkedIn product managers for pages to see what's coming. The general gist of those conversations is that there is a lot to come for company pages in the near future and I've noticed quite a bit roll out in the last two months. There's quite a few updates in that space. Um, They're very committed to pages so there was no talk of it disappearing. Um, I think when you need a company page to be able to run LinkedIn ads, I think that they're going to keep pushing because at the end of the day they want you to run ads and you need a company page to do it. And I think they will continue to make them um, more user-friendly. And we saw that by now you can nominate a third party to manage, you know, and create content for company pages. Whereas for, you know, technically speaking for individuals um, it's actually against the terms and conditions for LinkedIn to have a third party, you know, create content for you. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I do company pages specifically Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, bouncing off any of those terms and conditions Um, and if anything linkedin's actually supportive of it so uh yeah i think there's a ways to go um you know the invites and the number of invites that you get each month uh, from what i understand from the product managers this is going to increase so they've been doing some trials and that's why we see from 100 to 250 Mm -hmm. um invites depending on the account and that was related to really interesting it was related to uh they did a review on the manager of the company page, how many followers you had, how consistently you were posting, the feedback on that posting. And that was the, you know, the numbers that they were testing that decided whether you got 100 or 250. Uh, and so there's, a you know, a lot of uh, work being done because they don't want you to flood everyone with invites. You know, if they gave you a thousand and everybody sent out a thousand invites all at once at the beginning of the month, like yeah, we'd be having a different conversation, right? <laughs> even, even I will admit that. I love LinkedIn pages, but we would have a very different conversation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there's, there's definitely some work that they're doing, um, and I look forward to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I've heard, and perhaps it was from, from you or from some, some um, other of our colleagues uh, who mentioned that um, 2021 is, um, yeah, I mean, seems to be uh, that LinkedIn is really going to focus on a, on a company pages. Um, is there anything anything else which came out of these discussions which you were part of, and uh, what are you excited about uh, in terms of company pages uh, in this year?
1: Look, I think for me, it's just the fact that they're focusing on them. You know, I was excited to know that because there is a lot of room for improvement. You know, I, I don't sit here and say that those company pages are really amazing and they work really easily. And, um, you know, when you're trying to do different types of content and things like that, it it can be a bit clunky. Um, I love the analytics that they've got coming through. And I really hope that there's um, further refinement on that, because that's one of the advantages that you get within LinkedIn. And I'm not saying you can't use third-party apps like Shield for your uh, personal uh, pages, but within LinkedIn, you get quite a bit of reasonable detail for analytics on who's following the page how many followers have increased, uh, the types of people that are following it. Um, I like the option that it gives you, if you can't think of content, there's a tab that you can select from the content that LinkedIn is promoting within your key target areas. Um, I think that's a cool idea for people that are just starting out and can't think of anything. Uh, There's options there that you can use. Uh, And so, yeah, I I think it's exciting. I think there will be other things where they'll become a lot more like personal pages. And I think the line between content for both will become pretty blurred. Uh, When people do it right, it's hard to tell which one's which, Mm. you know, if you take the logo and the photo out, um, the ones that do it really well, like Gong, for instance, is a really great example. Uh, You know, when they, you start to watch how these guys are doing it, they're human, you know, they're solving problems and people deal with them like they're human. Um, And I think that's a, you know, a way for everyone to aspire. Um, Ideally, I'd love to see a LinkedIn feed that you couldn't tell, couldn't tell the difference.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, uh, uh, Michel, what about, what about some, some uh, examples of really well done company pages? Do you have any, any favorites which you can share with us where we can go and, uh, and check and kind of inspire ourselves, you know, how to, how, how it should be done?
1: Yeah, look, and I think Gong, G-O-N-G is one of my favorite ones that you can go and have a look at. Um, They are just able to yeah they've got a captive audience you know in their particular market and the way that they write so they don't often use any text uh, sorry any pictures it's pure text Mm -hmm. which is really interesting again right um it's not something that i've had success with um, and i know that you uh, would probably say otherwise as well Uh, but it's really interesting how they write you know they've just got that space Um, so i enjoy their content um there are other bigger pages which you always I always wonder, you know, people say to me, you know, if you've got someone like Richard Branson that's got, you know, 200 million followers on LinkedIn and across the place, why do you need a Virgin page as well? Um, And yet you see that companies like Virgin and, you know, uh, all those kind of ones, actually still have a company page it runs slightly differently Um, my argument is you can't have one without the other you know Richard Branson isn't anything without Virgin and Virgin isn't anything without him so it's kind of interesting to see how these big companies use both you know and I think that's the power um, is to duplicate the amount of attention that you get in the feed you know double your chances as opposed to dilute them Um, and so yeah it'd be really interesting
0: sure and for some other inspiration, we can always go to your company page, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Come follow Good Trading Code. There's always lots of tips. It's uh, You'll see my face, uh, you know, pop up on there. Um, I created my page because I was having trouble that I'd come from a different industry and background and changed careers. And so it was really confusing for my followers. You know, I had 6,000 that thought of me in one particular way. And then I said, hey, I'm going to go do LinkedIn and show you how to do it too. And they all went yeah, we know you're on LinkedIn all the time, but what do you do? And so that's why I've separated it. You know, I I had to actually look at it and go, Yeah, this doesn't work. You know, it's confusing for people who I am as a person and who I've been versus who I want my business to be. Um, One of the things is that, you know, I have plans to grow my business and who knows one day, you know, I might need to sell it. So having the company page just as strong as my personal branding is important to me for that future planning.
0: Mm. You know, when
1: you get other people come on board, I want them to be able to interact not just with my posts. You know, but with the company and help build that brand as well. So, yeah. yeah so it it, it it takes time, right? And it's it, it, that's the one thing that I think people underestimate with the company pages, that they try it for a few months and give up, uh, because you know it's not as high engagement as your personal page. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time, and my advice is just hang in there. You know, like get to that four or five hundred followers, and you'll start to see because they're your niche that they've got a higher chance of actually buying your products and services because they're the ones that actually went, I'm going to follow that page, you know, um, I'm not going to just ignore another company page, it looks like it might be interesting. So, yeah, yeah that's really...
0: And uh, one of my last questions I would like to ask, because um, we deal sometimes with a lot of flood of um, serial entrepreneurs, and they have not just one business, but uh, several businesses. And I think uh, LinkedIn is making it easier that you can actually create several business pages under on your one personal account. Is that so? And uh, how do you use this?
1: Uh, yeah, so you can have multiple pages under one person or you can assign as well page administrators to other people outside. So third parties can also do it. One of the really cool things, which I hope LinkedIn releases beyond the sale, uh, software as a service kind of market, is that they have product pages, showcase pages within each company. So if you're a company that has multiple divisions but you want them all to fall under the same umbrella, uh, there will be be that, you know opportunity. So you can run them. It may have completely different sets of um, client bases or knowledge bases that go with it, uh, but you don't want to lose that overarching you know, umbrella of the whole company. Uh, so when that gets released to the wider world, I think that's going to be a, a cool way to do it. Uh, I haven't read any timing on that. I'm hoping it's soon. Um, because it's, sometimes it can be confusing if you're a a huge company and you have multiple divisions, all doing different things and only one company page, it gets awkward, you know, because your followers are going, oh, that I do want to see that. I don't want to see those other five things. I do want to see that. I don't want to see those other four. And so being, being able to have that separate and invite them to the page that relates to them most. Um, I think that's going to be another, you know, game changer for company pages.
0: So let's see what uh, 2021 uh, will bring in terms of company pages uh, on LinkedIn. We are all excited about, about this definitely, and we'll closely monitor it together with you, Michelle. And before we go, of course, I would like to ask you, where can we find more about you and where would you send um, our listeners to?
1: Yeah, sure. So come follow me on my LinkedIn page. It's called Good Trading Co. Uh, or follow my personal page, Michelle Raymonds. Either
0: or just come and find me. Awesome. Michelle, thank you very much once again for you being here. You were a fantastic guest speaker today. I really enjoyed um, our chatting on on LinkedIn Smart Podcast, and I hope to see you uh, in the near future again.
1: One day when someone lets us off this island. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.